Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Projectile Lunchcast episode 67. It's the second part of our big um, last-gen, which until very recently was current-gen, but now is last-gen review. Uh, my name is Marcel. I'm excited to have all of you, dear listeners, with us. And also with us and with you, therefore, dear listeners, are Basti. Hi, hi. Uh, two episodes in a row. That's a, a new record for you probably this year. Do I get a badge or an achievement? Um... Sure, why not? I mean, like these days, it seems achievements are given out for everything. So yeah, sure, just print something out for yourself and please put it on your, like you know, your your uh, your chest. Awesome. And Richard, I'm uh, I'm last gen. That's also an achievement. Last gen. That's also an achievement. And these days, you know, there's a participation prize for everything. So please, Richard, also print out something, anything you want, and just put it on your chest. Really, way last gen. Whatever works for you. So um, I hope assume, I, I assume that hopefully you, dear listeners, have already listened to last week's episode, where you know we, as we said, we want to take a look back at the last generation of gaming, so the past seven years from 2013 until now. Um, last week, with a more uh, like personal touch and look at it, which resulted in uh, me needing um, you know some therapy after after bearing my heart about. All the horrible, horrible missteps and uh, and you know terrible things that Bioware has done to my heart, but fret not, um, because by the time you hear this, the game awards may have already taken place for you, and you will have seen something new from Dragon Age 4. And I'm tentative without having seen it. Super excited and hyped for it already. There's a lot of new stuff going on with Dragon Age. New blood, new perspectives, new Old people left. New. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to stay. Trying to stay positive about it. No, no, no! Like, like you guys must be thinking of Wolfenstein because that's the old blood. No, it's like new. There's new. Everything's looking new for Dragon Age. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of like the old blood's gone. The new order. Shit! It is Wolfenstein. Oh no! The Dread Wolf Riders. So it's confirmed. New uh, Dragon Age will have Nazis. Ah, uh, I don't know. I guess. Now, now that you mentioned, I guess you know. I it's mean, that's, that's, how, that's and how, stuff. I mean, this is how gaming discourse works these days, right? Like somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, that guy on a podcast said it." It's gonna be posted on Reddit, and then it's it's a fact. Isn't that, that like elves story. in that game? Isn't there already not elves? Somebody, there's already fucking Nazis in Dragon Age. Look, the, the Somebody defining, is doing the thing. The defining um, piece for for dark fantasy is racism. So. If you sprinkle racism in, dark, in in fantasy, it becomes dark fantasy. It makes sense. And That's yeah. It's like you got a cauldron, put yeah. some racism in there, then yeah. it's gritty. Boom. I'm not sure that spot works. Hmm. Pretty sure we just detailed it. Well, it seems to be flawless logic. But yeah, um, since the last time around, we we ended on a negative note. Yeah, maybe now it's time you know to look at something positive again. And I have. Um, the, the essentially the counterpart to the biggest disappointments would be the biggest positive surprises to you guys personally. So, um, Richard, why don't you get us started with something that positively surprised you last year? What positively surprised me last gen was... Um, I'm trying to think about which one I want to say first. I'm going to say... Oh, I don't know how to say it. All right, I'm going to... Mm, nope. I'm feeling... I can't remember if it surprised me, Marcel. What? I, all right, look. like So, I mean, I didn't think that... Oh, God, this is going to sound like such a fanboy thing. I didn't think Persona was going to be that good. 
like as good as it was and like as kind of on catchy as it was like one of the staples for me for for last gen was like things like kind of finding bigger audiences in a weird way um so stuff that like i thought like you know like 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 indie games kind of coming up and finding big finding bigger audiences and like like uh like seeming to be um like niches spawning up for everything which is it's really neat like it feels like gaming kind of exploded in a way last gen that that had that had been gaining momentum for a few gens before that so like when persona kind of came out it's like all right so we, i got this weird like turn-based jrpg that is that is like oddly hotly anticipated from like i don't remember people being that into it before and like um production values were on point like everybody liked it the only thing that the the only people that didn't want to talk about persona 5 was atlas when they censored everybody from streaming it but uh like that was actually it, it was surprising like looking around and everybody was like hey i'm gonna play some persona i'm gonna play this this kind of turn-based rpg and i was like well that's fucking weird but cool but weird i don't know how fanboy that sounds give me a fanboy check guys uh, that sounded pretty damn fanboy to me. Pretty deadly. I don't know. Like, from my point of view, I, I really enjoy uh, JRPGs and, and playing a lot of these games. So I don't think, like, I think the fanboy perspective would be more, oh, they have been always great and big and, and amazing. But like, I think there, there's a good point to that games like Persona 5 or even yeah, Automata all of a sudden attracted with high quality games a mass audience. And I think that was a big surprise. Like, would you have, like, a couple of years ago, would you have ever thought that the near series of all things would become one of the most beloved uh, PlayStation games? And then I would not have. Xbox. I would not have thought that near became a series. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I, it, yeah. That, 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 to me, was a little a little surprising. It felt like there was more, more kind of landscape for everything. But I guess it's also pretty fanboy. Well, see, but that's the first step, you know, on your on your de-weebization. The fact that you acknowledge yourself and you acknowledge like straight ahead before you even dove into that is going to be fanboy, and I'm proud of you for that. You're going to be uh, you're going to be out of the closet one day, out of the weeb closet. So, uh, Avasti, do you have any positive surprises that are um... not just just drooling over Persona? Uh, quite a few like uh, as I mentioned before in the Automata for me it was this kind of like wow Yokotaro made a polished game that was a quite a big surprise um, another one was uh, kind of Warframe because uh, out of that uh, huge new trend which basically Destiny started came this uh, underdog game which was very lackluster and barebone at the beginning I bounced several times off and then um, expanded and developed to um, one of the biggest and most successful stories of that specific genre with a huge and crazy community and um, completely reinvented that company and was a big success for me. Um, but I think my pick would be Titanfall 2. Not because mm. Titanfall 1 was not good, but the campaign in Titanfall 2 was like coming out of a genre with uh, PC uh, shooter campaigns, which are usually very shooting gallery, very like, okay, uh, uh, okay, have some set pieces, have some maybe bombastic storytelling, but very, very lackluster um, uh, gameplay loops, which usually are always the same, etc. Let's say you're, you're not, not saying that it's necessarily bad to have your, your run-of-the-mill um, um, Call of Duty gameplay, but it's, it's basically always the same, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, Titanfall 2 made a campaign I think nobody expected, like a single comp- uh, single player campaign with which knocked everything out of the park. Um, when it comes to raving reviews from from fans, from press, and I w- I started that campaign. I mean, it was a shooter campaign that was not that long, but uh, started playing it and was not able to stop finish uh, uh, to stop playing it before it was finished. And he uh, couldn't uh, stop finishing it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Mm. Like from from gameplay innovation to the whole loops to, to the pure joy and excitement I haven't experienced in a shooter campaign for a long, long, long time. Like Doom, as an example, had amazing gameplay, but was it the campaign itself which made Doom good? I think Titanfall managed to really, really set a new standard for for 
PC action game shooter, uh, first-person shooter campaigns. And that was a big surprise for me because I would have never thought that they would do that. I, I like so. I mean, there's another thing that we'll talk about where I feel like Titanfall fits really well in there. But yeah, like that is, it's a good thing and should get all. It deserves all the praise it gets. But I think. What about you, Marcel? What surprised you? I do have a long, long. I think I have like ten different things written down here, so I'm probably not going to go through all of them. But okay. uh, actually, Titanfall was on there as one. Both of both of them for for different reasons. The first one for the multiplayer, the second for the campaign. So uh, I'm agree agreement with Basti on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Should I just like throw a couple out and you guys see how you feel about them? Yes. Um, biggest surprises uh, Blizzard as somebody who has never worked in a genre before doing an excellent team based shooter With sure yeah. sure 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 uh, same same vein uh, Rainbow Six quietly becoming a phenomenon that has now I think I had like around 60 million players or so for a game that when it launched the general consensus seemed to be like it's alright Surpr- the, the turnaround is what's surprising there like the, the 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 fixing and the making the yes, better and also the... it's you know it's like one of those uh, it's like a, a stealth hit feels like almost in a sense like you rarely see people talk about it but it it has to be like one of the best selling games of this generation i think that far. surprises me most that it is still a game which uh, a lot of people don't have on their radar while at the same time millions over millions of millions of people playing that game that's so weird for me in general, that's like a weird thing. I mean, it's the same. Like if you if you just looked at mainstream gaming media, and when I say mainstream, I mean you're like your IGN's GameSpot's, Eurogamers, whatever. You would, for example, barely know that League of Legends exists, despite being one of the biggest games in the world. You know, I think that's like the, the things where still a lot of gaming media is heavily skewed towards retail releases, towards mm. single player stuff, and. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, you know, stuff like like Rainbow Six being a huge hit or so flies under the radar despite True. it being a huge hit. Um, a really, really big surprise. Um, or like it's several surprises in one. Uh, Baldur's Gate coming to consoles, which 20 years ago would have been unimaginable. It being and controlling great, and of course, Larium doing Baldur's Gate 3, which is like a match made in heaven. That's like one big package of like, holy shit, all of this is surprising, and all of this is going amazing so far. Yeah, like the, the, the resurgence of that sort of stuff is, is super fucking cool. And I, I, I don't think it's something that a lot of people would have predicted. No, absolutely. I mean, in general, uh, what I really, you know, it's like kind of adjacent to, of course, the success of Baldur's Gate, I think also helped pave the way that also, I mean, stuff like pen and paper RPGs, like D&D has suddenly reinvented itself as a streaming thing, you know, where, where people, sure. large audiences like Critical Role, so like, you know, they have thousands and tens of thousands of people watching people live play role-playing games so like yeah i found that also very interesting that something as, as old and venerated as D has managed to reinvent itself through new technology for a new generation and surely one of the results of that success you know suddenly being larian doing Baldur's gate 3 which you know looks amazing or this is a ton and of they, yeah they, they fucking deserve it because like that's the closest i'll get to playing D is like divinity 2 and, and when i play Baldur's gate probably that as well like that's that's as near to that experience as I want to get. So I can't teach you how to play D and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. Look, we're gonna put you like you we're gonna put a nice cape on you, Richard. Ooh, okay. Suddenly you're in. The cape, yeah, yeah, the cape. The cape. I mean, you don't get a lot of opportunities to wear a cape. I'm into cape, a cape. Mask, high heels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Still in. And we go to still in a dungeon. Yeah. Is this going to be like a labyrinth thing? Am I doing like a Bowie labyrinth thing? How tight are my pants? Um, more a dungeon. More a dungeon. So not Some tight chains. on the pants. Hmm. I'll think about it. We can well, work I, I mean, you can I, decide I, between latex and more, leather. I had two more <laughs> RPG surprises on here, but suddenly I'm very hesitant to talk about role-playing with you guys. Go for it. Go. Shoot them out. Uh, obviously, a big surprise to me as a fan uh, that Assassin's Creed made a turn from action adventure to full-blown RPG series and is more successful than ever with that, doing that. Mm-hmm. It's better. That, I have to admit. It's better like that. Mm-hmm. It's better. They're, they're better. And uh, the last one, uh, if you had asked me before this generation, do you think a 
a dark uh, dark um, uh, fantasy. fantasy RPG from a from a Polish developer is going to become a absolute mainstream hit that in itself then you know paves the way for a mainstream Netflix hit series I would have said probably not wait wait wait, wait, wait Witcher wait, wait. 3 managed to do that uh, is there racism in it uh yes okay it's dark fantasy okay it's dark fantasy okay yeah but there's also kind of like you know if, if you want to think about it there's also racism in lot of the rings and that is not dark fantasy is it that's the that's the highest of high fantasy so like when okay like is this is this because this the thing that confuses me about this is like witcher 2 was already dope yeah yes but but I will agree that it didn't blow up like Witcher 3. I mean, Witcher series has now sold, as of May this year, more than 50 million games. It's, it's, so, games. So, so it's weird. So it's like, I mean, the like like the surprise of the generation, I guess, uh, I mean, would it have been like, hey, they're going to make another Witcher game. It's going to be like, you know, uh, Witcher 2, people liked it. It's not really blowing the doors off, but people liked it. But do you think that was what was going to happen? Sorry, sorry, I didn't quite get the question. I think. Like, I like know, you said, no, like, what, what is surprising you about, about which anymore? <laughs> I need the cape. Does girl wear a cape? No, he doesn't wear a cape. Like, was it was it just like how how the steam kept building up on the Witcher thing? Like, was that the? Uh, just like uh, just the sales, you know, like it's it yeah, feels like yeah. people, yeah. you know, that you would have never experienced, you know, like people, your your Call of Duty audience or whatever, like you know, people right, suddenly yeah. talk about like playing Witcher. And you're like discovering all this RPG stuff that you would have never ex- expected these kind of people to play or like that kind of audience. And again, point. you're like, obviously, yes, technically it's not based on the games, of course. But let's be honest, like if without The Witcher 3, they would like that Netflix sure. series would have not have happened. Absolutely. Right? So, absolutely. Um, but, but still, so like- yeah, essentially, you can say like, you know, the, ga- the, the success of this game has led to probably tens of thousands of people of any gender drooling over you know um uh, henry cavill oh yeah uh, bathing hmm. bathing ba- oh yeah is uh, there a monster giant giant crab what were we talking about uh henry cavill so we can all agree we can all agree. also like he 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 paints um you know he he is a big warhammer fan he paints his miniatures so that guy's dope his preferred platform is pc Dope. He uh, he has he looks just as good with a computer generated lip as with a mustache. Honestly, uh, so it's you know it's 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 not video games, but that is still one of the funniest things of this generation to me. <laughs> the fact that like one studio can like can force another studio to spend like what was like four or five million dollars on like yeah sorry he must keep the mustache because gotta keep the mustache won't it regrow and they're like yeah probably but you know why why bother just just remove it spend the money that's amazing (laughs) um uh, beloved rts classics age of empires command and conquer getting excellent remasters slash remakes however you want to put them sure surprise didn't see that coming for a while it's great um, because obviously, you know, it, it has not been a great generation for new RTS releases, like you know, all new games. Yeah. But I think uh, great classic games getting like uh, you know new ways to play them today without problems. I think is a great. Like Warcraft Three. Oh. Exactly. Like Warcraft Three Reforged, yeah, stuff like that. I think. I think classic. It's... Wow. I think what really convinced me is when the Command and Conquer remake uh, a remaster came out because with uh, Age of Empires you could say okay that's a it's a one time thing people are super hyped it will come and go for the moment people enjoy that game but in a couple of years it will probably leave no impact on on other RTS games etc but then uh, the Command and Conquer remaster came uh, around the corner and was like, holy shit. And to be honest, kind of, even if they completely botched that one and then uh, they're doing Warcraft 3, reforged. Um, so it had it had they, a lot of impact, though. But they had more. Like, Age, like I'm, I'm talking shit, but like Age of Empires and like the, the Command and Conquer remakes or re, the remasters are fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Do you think, do you think RTSs are coming back? Nope. Um, no. 
I mean, we, we talked about this in, in, a, in a, its own episode earlier this year. No, I don't think RTS, or at least I, I cannot see RTS ever coming back to like, you know, being a, a major genre the way it used to be on a PC 20 years ago. They but just also, need... I'm, I'm still very excited to see um, Age of Empires 4, you know, how that's going yeah. to do, how well that is going to do, hopefully with Game Pass. That's right. Yeah, that'll, yeah. That'll get, you know, some new audience as well. They should just do, to be honest. They should just do like a like something with a lot like a license like they just need a license that has a lot of recognition. They should do like a Dota RTS. That's what I think. Um I do have one more personal surprise. Um and that is to me, um the fact that I absolutely love two of my favorite games probably I played this gen are Hades and Return of the Obra Jin which are both extremely non-Marcel games. And that was a big surprise to me, and I'm happy I played them. To be I'm honest, surprised Obra didn't hit you that hard. Yeah. Well, I am, you know, a man of, of manifold and uh, excellent taste. If you, we, we would describe you as a, a man of nautical culture. Uh, I mean, look, look I, I'm fascinated by anything seafaring, uh, considering the fact that I... I hate the ocean. I hate fish, and I never go swimming in the ocean. Apart well, from no, that's, that, that's the perfect. I love, uh, I love naval stuff. The perfect escapism. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't think anybody died to fish really in that game. There was the kraken. That's a that's uh, just like a shellfish, no, it's maybe. Not, right? it's not, no, it's like a, a mollusk. Uh, okay, in the future we need to get a marine biologist in here. But okay, that was that was my surprises. Sure. Uh, a long list of my surprises. So what else do you guys have? You gotta you gotta have some more positive surprises I, I have, besides besides sweet games. Think about it. Like you you just you just gave me an idea. Like this Always. generation marked the change from number one Microsoft console achievement fanboy and whore Marcel to becoming a PC player to playing indie games to playing games like Final Fantasy VII Remake, so playing Weep becoming basically a Weep, that is, a, like, are you the same person? Like, if you look back the previous generation, how much you have changed, Marcel. Wow, I'm kind of proud of you. True. And that is a big surprise, because um, before that, you were always just the the, the um, AAA Microsoft achievement uh, fanboy. Uh, I do actually think that this uh, this year, uh, 2020, uh, the year of our Lord taught 2020, um, has probably been my most diverse in terms of games I've played in easily over a decade, I'd say. So yeah, that's that's all right. Um, biggest surprises, biggest surprises. I I, I I'm trying to because I, I do have this in a couple things. I think. Um, this would work for me, but one of the one of the biggest positive surprises for me was like the the generation or the trend of um, like thoughtful, loving sequels to things that that never that never that were never like that, like like Doom, mm-hmm. like Doom twenty sixteen coming out and just being like like okay, this is this is what if I had to describe what Doom would be as a kid, like that's what that is. I think that's really yeah. great. Like the, the the sequel to Wolf, though the Wolfenstein stuff is is way it has so much interesting like world building cool shit in there that like wolfenstein never even fucking thought about previously i i mean i mean i know some people dug the uh the xbox stuff but like for me it was like that's like the the kefa and like Jimi hendrix as a as a resistance fighter like like uh, and it's down to the plot like a lot of the the things that happened during that game like it it constantly one-ups itself i think that's really fun or i mean i guess the the hallmark for that would be like god of war right like going from kind of angry yeah. angry game to like an actual really thoughtfully cool story like all those it, it was surprising that like it, it almost seemed like um like if you're gonna be like movie cynical about it right like it's like oh the suits are just making these games but then like some ultimate fan kid in the chocolate factory gets to like come in and and make the version of god of war that you know true fans would always love like it's just um it, it, there there's a trend of those that, that have happened this gen and i think that that's Surprising and very cool, but so like does the I'm kind of interested about something like that. Would you say that as a dad, like does God of War suddenly resonate different to you? Um, you know, like there are things that that do that do um that do 
hit different now, but I haven't uh, I haven't gone back to God of War um, since then. But like, yeah, de- like definitely. Maybe that's maybe that's something I should do. Is I should look at look at some stuff because like some things um, some things like affect you oddly. I I should not be as attached as I am to Baby Yoda. It's weird. I think I think everybody's attached to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like usually, you know, I'd be I, I I'd probably be like fucking Star Wars, this fucking stupid Muppet, you know, or something like that. But now I'm just like, oh, give him a cookie. Um, do you think that being a dad like makes you feel like makes you more emotional about the horrible death of Kate Six? Kate Six is one of the worst things that happened. It's Kate. What happened to Kate Six, man? What the fuck? No, we're trying to be positive here. Oh yeah, no, um, yes, bring him back. The helmet stays on. That's not K6. That is a helmet. Fuck. I thought that is his okay. head. It is his head. Richard's just confused. Richard's just confused with all the things he doesn't like while talking about positive things. Sorry. I have I think... one more. Go. Maybe the biggest surprise was the switch for me. Wow. Now, if I think about it, I mean, it's technically it was a little bit True, in between gen, but the success of the Switch, if you can, if you think about the the um, their previous efforts, and even though the uh, Wii was very very big, um, by that time it was still a problem to sell games on that stuff. So, like the for me, the Wii was the console which everyone had in their living room, but no nobody bought really games for it. And the the switch, the success of the switch of several titles, and like all which came uh, with it, like stuff like Breath Breath of the Wild uh, being vastly different and, and so big, the overall quality, the the mass appeal, how much of a boost it was for indies, like the the switch was was absolutely crazy in that regard and still is. First of all, you are absolutely right. Um, it's kind of like I feel dumped now for not including the Switch here uh, because, yeah, you know, it's 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 a crazy success story. You on played Baldur's time, Gate on the Switch. Though, on this, so I, I played well, true. I kind of accounts, yeah. Uh, but on the same note, I would like to uh, establish a new thing that Busty can never talk about, like how huge the Wii is or was. Was huge. I mean, you think about it, like the Wii just flopped on us all, right? Like the Wii. The Wii, they they just took out the Wii. We all kind of gaped at it. Couldn't wait to get our hands on it. Enjoy the full-on motion controls. And they really continued that. What what I have to say is, you know, you know me, I'm I'm almost as far opposed from being a Nintendo fanboy as you can be. True. But I have to say like the reveal of the Wii um, with the, with that trailer where, where people just play it and he just walks up there, takes the stuff out and, and takes it with him. I think that was like one of the of the best console releases I've ever seen. Uh, sorry, co- console reveals I've ever seen. You mean just the like, Switch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it okay. seems so simple, but just like the fact of like, hey, I played here, and now I'm taking my same game, same console on the road with me. You know, of course, you know, like then you had like the the overdone stuff, like, hey, we're gonna have a cool rooftop party, whatever. You know, which was kind of cheesy, yeah. but just like the, the simple, I think that was as a message was mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Just like take that thing out there, take it with you, keep playing. I think it's, that was, yeah. It's super Very weird well. in that like that is like the least impactful kind of feature on that thing. I, I think in terms of like what I've actually used it for. But like, yeah, when you're watching it, it's like, wait a minute, he's walking up to the TV and like it's in his hand. Like that's fucking really neat. Um, but it was it was genius, like combining their their kind of console and handheld success. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, and just imagine how crazy that would have been if it had not had leaked beforehand. Like, you know, if if that had really, if nobody had any had had, had any yeah. idea about the switch, you know, and like the the switching and the Joy-Cons and all of that, if you had just seen that trailer for the first moment, magic. True, truth. Isn't it weird True. that I see, like, like that is a rarely sight that like when you're in an airport or whatever i rarely see people playing on the switch i rarely see people with the switch you guys before all the pandemic stuff uh took the train uh, quite frequently right so mm-hmm. have you ever seen other people using the switch i, I saw, saw a fucking weirdo play on a switch every morning on a train yeah there was like this dumpy asshole who would play on a twitch on that's a switch basically every, it, right pretty much yeah hmm 
Yeah, so I wonder why. You sometimes do see people like playing this on trains or so. I'm actually trying to think of like when I've seen somebody play a Switch, like not at work. That's okay. Yeah, but it's still popular, Basti. Shut it's up. Very popular. True, Switch is also very popular. Like in, in, in our lunch, you know, went back when people were working in the studio. Yeah. Like and it, it will be. Popular. It will be again when Monster Hunter comes out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the only like personal, well, you know, I guess is like really this is maybe it's a great segue to the overall stuff because the last category I had written down for myself was the like most impactful game and 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 then we already realized as we talked about this this category that it's like you know it can go either way to mm-hmm. like you know being what what impacted you personally and somebody else may say like hey you know this already sex into you know what had a big impact on the industry and and you know the stuff like that, that um, and then you know richard and then you put down like a category like things that define the generation for you which i guess also goes into that general doesn't it kind yes of? sir yes sir it does because for me like personally like, i think like you know the the, the the most impactful game for me is also the one that kind of defined the generation for me in a way, but I guess... Spit it. Let's talk because uh, I bet... ...for different people. We can... Why don't we start... Because, um, so, so, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, the things that defined the gen for me, I, I, I maybe we can also do it. Like, let's let's just... Let's get that impactful game out there, because I do want to talk about that, and I know that it defined the gen, and I think that that's, um, that's a thing, but I also have maybe for you guys to, to kind of uh, react to some other things that have defined this generation. Um, but yeah, so how, I, how, many, how many did you guys? Do you just have one impact, most impactful game? Because I wrote down three games for me. How many you got? I had um, Persona. I had... <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucker. I had uh, I had Persona. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a couple, but I, I'm interested in hearing your three because I bet we share a couple. Basti, how many did you write down? Um, three. Okay, so my first one, I'm just going to throw it out because it's the least interesting in terms of you know, like talking about it. It's just um, Witcher 3 is one of the best video games I've ever played. That's just, you know, like, that's it. There's no nothing, no larger trends from this, no no big, per se, implications on the industry or anything like that, or, you know, or like uh, on other games so much so far. It's just, it's an excellent game that I absolutely loved for all of the, I think, 170 hours I've played it. Yeah, true. Same. Anybody true. else have Witcher? Uh, I did not have Witcher. No, I had Witcher on my list. Like, I think it comes to what had the, the, the biggest impact on this generation from industry to my personal opinions. I think Witcher 3 is absolutely uh, up there in the pantheon okay, so. of this generation best games. Okay, so that's good to see that Basti and I are sometimes aligned on gaming, Richard. Then it's your first. I mean, one. Yeah, I gotta get rid of it. I gotta get it at the gate. Let's just let's just say you know it's it's still Dark Souls three. They're still perfecting it. It's nice to see from uh, continue to Dark Souls three specifically. Three specifically, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think two two was old gen or or one was last gen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then two, two is is a kind of fan thing that everybody loves. I think three was the thing that was like, hey, we're still we're still the people that do this. I, I do think it impacted the industry when you look at stuff like you know the the spawning a genre sort of thing. They kept defining that. People keep uh keep trying their own spins on it. Like that doesn't seem to be like anything that's slowing down. I think the success of of three is the kind of thing that that put them back on the map after the mixed reception of two. I think it's it's where like. They started um, like, oh, we're gonna do some shit with Lord of the Rings, man. Not Lord of the Rings, man. Game of Thrones, same fucking thing. Game wow. of Thrones guy. See, dude, you're right. Like, I just looked this up. I could have sworn that Dark Souls Two was out with this generation already, but Three was really the first next generation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was um, Bloodborne in between, right? But still. Yeah, there's, there's, I'm blood, and Bloodborne is yeah. Uh, Bloodborne just didn't. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I, I think I think um, yeah, I I, I uh, come across as a pretty big uh, from aficionado. So I, I've said enough. I mean, their their game was the game of the year for me last year. So, um, but yeah, like for me, that was that was definitely a huge impact. I have to say though that actually both of you, you know, for for from fans, you're both very very you know acceptable. You I, I will ruin that opinion by the end of the show, I promise. 
Oh, okay, nice. Okay, nice. But good, good. Stuff. I have also Bloodborne and Dark Souls three on my list because I think uh, while yeah, what Richard said, Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two was uh, the previous gen. I think it was like it was a cult game at this point or cult series, but it was still kind of niche. Um, while Dark Souls 3 and especially Bloodborne made it to the mass phenomenon I think that's thanks to these two games um, that the whole genre had such a huge impact and uh, spawned so many people trying to emulate that success and that gameplay and etc and then as Richard said Dark Souls 3 basically perfected it and if I think probably in 10 years back to this generation I'm while I ex- absolutely agree with Witcher and had it on my list as well, I think I will think more about games and probably people will do still do more YouTube videos about the uh, Dark Souls series 10 years ago than about Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd like to live in, in that world that you just described, but I, I think uh, I, I think Witcher left a weird mark. But how do how do you often I mean, see like old games? As far as I know, do not have any sex scenes, right? Oh, they do. What? They do. I'll send you. I have uh, <laughs> some webcam videos. I'll send you. Is this canonical? I mean, it will be. For, you won't be able to get it out of your head when I'm when, okay. I'm, when you're done watching now, it. But, nice. but think about like people still doing Silent Hill two or Metal Gear Solid one videos, right? How, sure. How often do they talk in that context or create content uh, content in that context uh, about Witcher? Yes, when when the Netflix series came out, everyone was talking about that again. But I have the mm. feeling Witcher three is this kind of stuff everyone agrees on. But is is it like a, a daily pop culture thing, which is reference, which has uh, tons of channels on YouTube or other content creators just dedicating content to that kind of like game and genre? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I think if you look at the lens of time, like looking back, if you if you were going to ask me ten years from now which one would be more obscure, I gotta say it's going to be Dark Souls. But I could be wrong. We'll see what they do with it. Could be blown out by Elden Ring by then. So my second game, and I'm saving the last one because I think it's the same thing probably Richard also has. Um, oh. My second most personally impactful game was Overwatch. As I mentioned, yeah. it was a big surprise. Um, also, why we why I say personally, um, it really uh, helped me reconnect with some old friends. Like uh, for whatever reason, like people that I have not for years or sometimes never played online games with, Back from school, back from my hometown, somehow everybody's like suckered into the hype of like, you know, Blizzard doing a shooter. And I've been now playing with the same group of, of you know, old school friends for several times a week for pretty much four years. Uh, still, you know, obviously this year that has been especially great with, you know, um, right. rarely being able to see people in person. So, yeah, I think Overwatch had definitely like a a big or like one of the biggest impacts on my personal life. Um, for the past four years, you know, just because you know, I keep playing friend, uh, games with friends that I hadn't really played with or, or not for years or so. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I think especially nowadays, like having that kind of connection is is pretty cool and actually kind of rare. So, I think uh, I think that's fucking awesome. And so that leaves everyone with one last game, right? Uh, yes, because my second one is the same one that you're going to mention, so I won't mention it. But uh, go ahead, Vasti. Uh, for me, and that is more like uh, on, a, on a personal level, it was yep. uh, near Automata. Yeah. Because what I missed most in this console generation, maybe why I love the, the 360 generation and the PS2 era even more about it, like this kind of like, um, beside all the big AAA and huge games, you have sometimes this kind of like games with a weird soundtrack, great atmosphere, uh, oddly charming narrative. Like this game, which makes you listen to that soundtrack years after its release, and not just because it's a great tune, but all, also like spawns all this like good memories and this sense of wonder. I had most in PS2 era, but still like mm. with the 360, where there were interesting new wild games out there, which uh, I never had on my radar before. And even though I was a little bit familiar with the with the near series, with among all these polished Witchers and high AAA experience and bombastic cinematic uh, 24 FPS uh, experiences, and uh, there was this oddly charming weird Yoko Tower game with a great polish, great gameplay, which made me like it. it it got me on an emotional level. It got me on a creative level in my mind space. And I think this is why it was like the, the most impactful 
one of the most impactful games for me of this generation. Yeah, I can see that. I, like my other one is is also is also emotional, but like those are those are the, those are the important ones. That's when you look back and you're like, hey, what was I doing at this time? Like, that's the game that kind of that kind of you know made it for me. Um, so I, I I like I like that you, you thought that. I hoped uh, I hope that he continues to do whatever weird shit he's gonna do. Yeah. Uh, but my, my, mine's similar, and I, I won't go too long into it because because um, it's oddly uh, like thinking about this. It just like I kept uh, looking at the games that I played this generation and like being like, okay, well, yeah, that was cool, but I'm not gonna like you know, obviously, I'm not gonna do it. And it just kept like burrowing itself in my my head as like this game that 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 um, that refused to kind of be ignored or kind of be like sidelined. And for me, that was that was jazz punk. Um, didn't see that coming. I know. Me neither, man. To be honest, wow. but like, like looking back at that game, and it's a short fucking game. It's just, um, it's kind of, it's kind of a lot of things that I would aspire to, to like, be able to do or like work on or near. Like, it's like one of those things where it's like, how the fuck do these guys even think of half this shit? I think uh, from from the minute you start it to the minute it ends, there's like not a, any weak moments. I think the the style is indescribable um there's a lot of really 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 interesting stuff packed in uh packed into that little game and uh like like i said i I kept trying to like look at all these games and be like all right which one is which one's my impactful game and like i would filter and i'd sort and i'd put it down and i'd like be like all right time to shed this one and it like would never it never go away so i mean like if i'm looking at it honestly like like yeah jazz punk is is oddly genre defining in that like it's it's that the indie game that kind of like I never would have seen without uh, without the kind of access that you have when I if I if I hadn't switched to PC gaming for example and it's like it's got the kind of humor that I think is impossible to do or very very difficult to do in a in a gaming space it's got the kind of like art style and uh, and just flow and music audio it's just a uh, it's a weird experience um, that that it, and it is something that I would love to like when I say like hey I want to work on something weird like that's pretty much what I'm talking about. Was it more punk or more jazz? It was more. It was more poly blank. I don't know what that means. It was more going back in time to shop so that you could avoid inflation. What? Um, okay. Well, uh, but like that—that that was definitely one I, I had not seen coming. So that's that's cool. You know, it's sometimes nice that we can also cater to the the you know the niches and. Uh, yeah. Smack, now. smack my niche up and you can you can always count on richard to you know to deliver and take care of the weird stuff that's nice i mean i remember that that we talked about that game or richard talked about that game in the previous yeah, episode when we like talked about the uh, when you talked about dune mm, but now I, I seriously like this this go, goes now right on my i have to play this game list. you probably get that game cheap as fuck nowadays yeah. man yeah so um is it time to, to do it man i'm gonna light my, my lighter my most impactful game of this generation and probably one of the most impactful ones for the overall industry uh destiny yeah and destiny 2 by extension naturally. i mean yeah for, for me it'd be two like i i mean we played destiny together but like two is the one for me yeah yeah, but yeah. Still, with you know, because it seems ancient, 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 or ages ago. I, I guess I get just mixed up those two words, which is nice. Um, you know, that that Destiny one only came out in 2014 as well. So, oh, right. again, it's been six years already. Yeah, it feels longer. It feels like longer. If you told me that it came out on like PS3, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, it did come out on a PS3, but thankfully we never played it on there. Right. Yeah. But um. Yeah, de- definitely. De- Destiny is hard to describe now how I feel about Destiny. I can do it, but it's hard to do it. So you do it. Um, Destiny... I think I think that what, the big impact of Destiny is that it introduced the, the idea of playing a single game, and that is your hobby. 
You're, you're not like yeah. I, I don't play video games. I play Destiny. Uh, yeah, I'm a Destiny as, player. As you're, as you're, I think that introduced that to a whole new mainstream audience because obviously people have been doing that, you know, for a long time with stuff like like MMOs. I think that's you know the yeah. best example. Like there are a lot of people who are, I, I'm not necessarily a gamer. I'm a World of Warcraft player or you know a EverQuest or whatever. And um, I think what Destiny really did is that they. Uh, obviously you know from the graphics from being on consoles from being first person easy to control to the marketing i think you know like for a mainstream audience just like that marketing tagline they had to start off from the developers of halo and the publisher of call of duty mm-hmm. that's you know like that's that's weaponized mainstream appeal yeah yeah actually. so yeah and i think that that was really the thing that essentially they <laughs> through the back door they they managed to to trick a lot of people into playing a MMO light uh, who just bought the game thinking I'm going to play a normal shooter, you know, maybe. And uh, you could really see that at the start of the coverage, you know, which was, I think, we talked about it earlier, you know, like something like, like uh, you know, normal MMOs very rarely get covered on something like Kotaku or, you know, um, IGN, GameSpot, Eurogame, all of that. But everything that happened with with Destiny, you know, the loot cave, all its up and downs, the, all the bugs, glitches, cool moments, the raids, and that was covered in a way by media, and you know, therefore gained mainstream gaming attention that I think has never ha- has has never had happened with like an MMO or so. Um, and of course, you know, people people saw that other companies saw that saw that impact, that, that cultural impact that Destiny had, and naturally because that's how our industry rolls i you know wanted a slice of that pie and so we had a a slew of uh competitors uh, not necessarily always in the same you know um, which is always weird when people talk about like a destiny killer or like you know a destiny like game it's very rarely the exact gameplay it's just used as code for like a game that probably has loot and that you know is is, is planned to be kept alive and updated and improved over years Right, but you already mentioned Warframe, which, strictly speaking, came out before Destiny. So, you know, so it's definitely you not know, not a copycat or anything. It, it yeah, definitely is. Without same, Destiny, same, I um, think Warframe would have never become so big. True. That's 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 probably true. Yeah. Uh, then we had uh, Division. I think Division One and Two were actually probably out of the AAA ones the most successful ones. I can see um, that. Yeah. To to you know um yeah. Because I think they mentioned at some point, I think that this, uh, Division 1 so also had 15 million players or something like that. I can't quite remember the quote. Uh, and then came, you know, the age of Anthem and Avengers. And um, a lot of a lot of pain and heartbreak for, for the Marcel audience. But yeah, I think um, obviously uh, you guys already last time around you talked about PUBG, which is has been a hugely successful game um, by itself, by extension of you know inspiring Fortnite, which became even bigger. But um, just looking at you know, like what other companies did, how much money publishers and developers spent, uh, you know, on, on games generation, I think Destiny probably had the biggest impact feels like to me um i i I think it had a a huge impact and i I do think like it's another one of those kind of uh responding things regardless of where it ended up it's it's also a game that i think is like those guys are so far out ahead of what they're doing that i i can look at something and be like well that's gonna suck but i have zero suggestions on how to make it better yeah so the fuck do i know um but yeah like like i mean those guys are those guys are trailblazing in a way that uh, that I I would struggle to think uh, of other games that that are that are that far out in in terms of what they're doing, and like that kind of effortless like not effortless it's very effortful but like that kind of like hey we got a single player we got a multiplayer we got a kind of cross single multiplayer we got a this we got a MMO you're gonna be playing together you're gonna be kind of doing this you got events you got run based like they've tried fucking everything raids um some of the best first person raid content like imaginable i mean fuck man they they've their highs are very high and their lows are very low um and i think i think uh true yeah. i guess in that sense you can say like you know destiny is 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 it too bold to say destiny is never boring because as you say like you know the the lows Ooh. can be low the highs can be very high but like it always feels like there is 
you know, there, like, there is some, there's something to talk about. There's something happening. Yeah, yeah. There is, you know, like changes to the meta, uh, you know, the, the content vault. Like, it, it feels like, you know, really, it is, it is this thing where there's always, you know, uh, something, something to talk about. So I, I, I think it really personifies that idea of, you know, like, yeah, like, like a living thing almost, I guess, for, or like, you know, for a community. I agree. I agree. I mean, if I think about it, I bounced off of Destiny at some point, but it was never because I got bored, because I had the feeling, okay, the kind of like commitment I have to put into the skill ceiling, which also uh, goes together with the commitment I have to to undertake uh, to to see and, and beat the raids, etc. But I was never at a point where I said, oh, this content is like super repetitive or boring. I mean, I think even like what Marcel's saying is like it's never boring to observe. Like I still go in and check on on Destiny sometimes, and I have no desire to play that game again. Like for now, sure for the long now. Um, yeah, that that like I I think it it belongs where you put it. I think it's a very 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 impactful game, both personally and uh, for for better or worse, or personally or or unpersonally, unpersonally, unpersonally. So yeah, I think you know, we 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 also said we want to uh, beyond beyond the personal note, which has been very interesting, um, mm-hmm. you know, because um, once again Richard confirmed his weakness for for the eyes and ears of the world to see and hear. True. Um, uh, yeah, we we also said you know, we want to take a a look at like some of the like larger trends and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we already did that a little bit last time when when. Um, Busty as a game changer naturally, and I think Richard, you said you, you w- would have done the same. Brought up PUBG as the as the you know birth of a super popular genre that much like Destiny, pretty much every big company has tried to um, emulate or get into to some degree. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing there is like PUBG also pretty much like along with like um, like Daisy, like that was that was pretty much the drivers of Steam early access. Like, which I think is very genre defining. True. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I think that's that that had an impact in in the terms of like, oh, okay, I can make I can make an early access game, and it will be the top selling game on Steam for a very long time. Yeah, it, it felt like for a while any any new battle royale or also like survival game. Yeah, like you know, like the survival games, uh, early access could could. Be, be huge on Steam, you know. If you, I guess, if you were lucky, hitting it off Twitch or so, like you know, if you became the talk of 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 the time of the day of the week, then suddenly that could become a huge hit. But I think overall, it's probably fair to say, you know, that this was between um between the um the Destiny, uh, the PUBG, the Overwatch. It was the generation, for good or for bad, of games as a service. Is, yeah. is that fair to say? I know that you know you guys Actually, are yes. not the biggest fans of that trend anymore. <laughs> no, but you're right. It is it is definitely a, a genre defining thing. I mean, you could also say like like if you want more niche, it's like the 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 gen of loot boxes and extra monetization mm. in a way sure. that that came with those things. I mean, yeah, and that they're also like there were some interesting trends because I said like it started with the loot boxes, but that has almost tapered off. Feels like. I don't think you really see new games coming out anymore that have paid loot boxes. Like it's it just this, now I think I think it's 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 that series that like you know um that did it previously or of course like you know FIFA or so or games that have loot box esque things but you cannot buy them anymore for real money. But I think like loot boxes as a new monetization trend is already over again. Right, right, right. It came and went. Because now our Lord and Savior Battle Pass is here. Battle Pass, the loot boxes are on a pass that you unlock as you continue to pay for it. Love it. It's genius. It is genius. But yeah, I think there definitely you also have seen a a progression of how how stuff changes, how um, the monetization has changed. There's a few more other trends I quickly wanted to name check because they were very interesting to me. Um, it Go. feels like in the past sometimes you know there was like one, uh, there there was one big trend. It was like MMOs for a while, and then it was MOBAs. But like this generation actually feels like it has maybe it's because you know, it's been a long generation with seven years. There's been several big trends that came and went. Um, obviously still ongoing. You know, as we said, the games as a service thing. Um, though I think after 
after Avengers, after Anthem, maybe people are going to be more hesitant to try to, you know, go for that Destiny audience because as it happened with MMOs when people chased World of Warcraft, I think companies are realizing that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money to compete in. Yeah. Um, then PUBG, uh, sorry, Battle Royale. Again, like we still see new Battle Royale competitors come out. Like for example, this year, uh, Hyperscape from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. But here also, it seems to slowly slow down a little bit. Um, you know, as the as the as the big dogs are established already. Um, yeah, one yeah. trend, one trend I found very interesting. Um, Sissy Cheese, because like you know, Hearthstone was a hugely successful game. Dude, I thought you said Sissy Cheese. I was like, the fuck are you talking about? I want in on this trend. <laughs> CCGs or TCGs. That's always like always is confusing to me. I think people just use those terms interchangeably at this point, right? One trade. Well, if there's no trading, then it's a CCG. Mm. Hmm. Okay, I guess. But um, yeah, Hearthstone was a very successful game. I think they had for a while like 60 million players and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as we mentioned several times, this industry is very good at like seeing a successful thing and thinking, I want that money as well. Yes. So um, what is really interesting to me here is, you know, usually you see a scenario like with Battle Royale or so where there's several big competitors manage to establish themselves, right? Like, you know, one is, of course, bigger than the other, but like there's several successful you know, viable, viable things. With the with trading cards or with card games, it seems like none of them got anywhere close to the success of Hearthstone. That's interesting because if you look at the companies that tried, you know, if before somebody has asked, had asked me what are the games, or what, which companies are best positioned to to take on Hearthstone, I would have probably said Bethesda, CD Projekt, Riot, and Valve, which are exactly the companies that tried. And yeah, I mean, Bethesda stopped development of the game, CD Projekt... Uh, still going, but they cancelled. I think the, the the console versions now because they were not successful. Uh, Riot trudging along, but like if you look at Twitch numbers or so, significantly less successful than Hearthstone. And Valve, I mean, you know, Artifact has been a a crazy example of what can happen when everything goes wrong, even for a successful company. I, I get a sick kick out of some of this shit. Which one? Uh, just just the the concept of it, like after like feeling like, hey, okay, Fortnite just came by and ate PUBG's lunch in a in a weird way. Um, it's just funny just watching big people also try to, it, 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 like everybody can fail at taking on the throne, which is a yeah. weird lesson to learn. Yeah. It's this dark fantasy. That is dark fantasy because I am inherently racist against Gwent. Gwent was a great game. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the mobile craze we can finally say is is is, is good and done. Um, mm-hmm. Lol is the clear top talk. Dota successful still um, as the yeah. runner-up. So I think I have two more trends left. I'd say um, you know because I've been talking for a long time now. Richard, just very briefly talk about VR as it happens generation afterwards. Basti can cap it off with talking about subscription gaming because I think Basti is very excited. I I'm probably the worst person to talk about VR. VR is fucking weird. Um, it, it, it is oddly like like part of this genre, but like I, I don't know. Like I'm not sure that I, I I buy it. Like it's like oh VR is back, and it's like fucking is it? Like it's more successful than it ever was, but is it successful? The people making VR games are the people that are not trying to make money off of their VR games. They're making them because they're getting their development financed or they have a VR headset or they are whatever. Um, so I hope that like, like at some point they're able to like, uh, like get the, uh, get the, um, like get it back in a trend and like, like actually come out with what they're trying to do. But, uh, but until then, like, I'm not sure that, uh, it is it is part of this generation for better or for worse. Yeah. And I mean to be fair, like it feels like the biggest the biggest VR game of course came out this year. I think that was you know just the fact that a new Half Life game came out. Um like that that game, like you know, it, it's weird also because nobody talks about it anymore because it's a VR game. Just as a reminder, this year a new Half Life game came out that was in many ways technologically groundbreaking. Everybody who plays it loves it. Um, but yeah, such as the fate of VR games, I guess nobody talks about it really. Uh, well, I, like I said, I, well, when, once it hits a, I think once it hits a price point, that makes sense. Like more, you know, it'll gain the kind of traction that you're hmm. that I you're think, hoping for. 
I think uh, even even with a with a better price point. Um, I hope that VR will become a thing. But to be honest, from my from my own experience with VR games, and I think the idea that you put something on your head even if it's more cheaper and you completely disconnect from your surroundings and you have to to put in some sort of an effort to to attend gestures and other things etc i think there are too many hurdles because when it comes to 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 um, the mass appeal of video games is everyone can do it with a with a comfy position of a gamepad in your uh, lap or uh, with your mouse and keyboard i think uh, it will never be that big of a thing other than we're reaching maybe like a like a weird interface solution in many 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 years, but it becomes uh, as easy as anything else. I think it's not only the price point. I would love to see it pushed more. I would love to see it pushed by the PS5, to be honest. But I mean, Sony's track record in really like pushing um, innovational hardware for many years is not that good. But I think. Um, we are so many years from big companies actually going into that making games as as you guys said because right now it's you either don't make money or you're just like getting the development funded and that is since day one and will probably stay for many many years did Busty just talk 10 minutes to essentially say he's waiting for, for like the real cyber sex future pretty much pretty much that pretty is much. the problem but I think like weird interface solutions is a very nice way cheap. to put it I like that it's cheap like it does not even make sense to go go into VR porn as a developer because it's all super cheap stuff. I did not look into it. I have to admit. It's just Google Cardboard uh, but, and that. No, but no. Price point. Price point is a great segue, Busty. Please l- l- fin- finish this all off with your thoughts about the rise of subscription gaming and your favorite three words in the English language. Three words: Microsoft Game Pass. Oh, you fucked it up. Good job. Huh? Three words. Well, it's, it's Xbox Game Pass, obviously. No, that's true. Um, damn. It, it is the future. Games are uh, everywhere. Games are accessible. And together with streaming options, uh, everyone for a small, very, very, very small monthly subscription can enjoy a wide, 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 crazy variety of games. And that brings uh, games to truly to the masses, uh, masses even for people who might not be able to afford that kind of like stuff. Uh, games are everywhere. Games are, games are awesome, and uh, that is the gate to gaming. I think, to be honest, uh, other companies. I mean, they're already trying. They're trying for years, but so what? What? Did you just say the gate for gaming? The gate That's another. into into the gaming verse. That is not part of the generation that we're talking about. No, but what I said, I think I, I mentioned Rich, that... Because Richard is very excited about gatekeeping. I, I think I mentioned it several times in the past. What what uh, Microsoft uh, Xbox Game Pass made me aware that like I have so many friends who are super casual or up to they enjoyed playing games 10, 15 years ago, but now they're grown-ups and don't have time for games who are all of a sudden into the idea or even like bought an, an, a cheap Xbox somewhere just to, to have Game Pass, don't buy uh, full price games, are not really following gaming news, but just enjoy the kind of like, oh, I can just download a game, enjoy it for a couple of hours without feeling bad. And then even if I deinstall it, I just choose something from my library, like I enjoy Netflix. And that that is a big eye opener for me. I think that, that the mass casual appeal is what it makes great. It brings more people into gaming. Sure. Yeah. 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 We'll see how that develops this generation. But I think that was a nice, like, nice words to end on. True. So, Richard, why don't, you, why don't you fuck up the, the, the nicety by sharing this week's Twitter handle? It's not this week. Like, I, I have to, like, you guys fucking make fun of me all the time. I need your help. Okay. 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 You guys are the Twitter experts, yes? Kinda. Yeah. So, I am really confused about my Twitter handle. Um, you can find me as always at uh, Gate to Gaming. Um, I've been getting a lot of really unpleasant messages. I, I don't get it. Like I have an interest in people that write about games, so I ask about it, and all of a sudden, I'm just getting like a deluge of stuff. I don't, I don't get it. Can any of you Twitter people explain this to me? Uh, that's just the way Twitter works. Like you have an opinion, like you know people are going to shit on it. It's kind of like having a podcast with your friends. Like you're just excited about 
you know, the, the next heartfelt, non-cynical money printing game like Avengers, and your friends keep making fun of you. That's just the gaming world. Fuck gamers. Fuck Richard. <laughs> no, that's that's a good Twitter handle. <laughs> at, mm. at fuck gamers, fuck Richard. Yes, you find uh, me there. Too long, actually. I think mm. was it like fifteen characters? Is it something like that? I'm sure we can like lead speak it up. Like I mean, to be honest, I feel like half of the, the half of the Twitter handles you came up with here would would be too long, like over the over time. But I still always like this is one of my favorite parts of every episode, seeing what weirdness you come up with this week. Hmm. Basti, at least there's some consistency in your Twitter handle. Yeah, it's uh, at Bastian Thun, T H U N, one word. Excellent, reliable German, very nice. Yeah. Um, of course, as always, you can just follow us at Project. Uh, God, God damn it! On the Project at Lunchcast Twitter at Plunchcast. 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 You can follow me at com underscore Raven. Or, of course, if you're old-fashioned and want to stay that way, if you want to stay in the last gen like Richard, you can always shoot us an email to Project at Lunchcast at gmail dot com. And um, yeah, why don't you like and subscribe to all of your favorites? podcasting platforms to project a lunchcast um the more people follow and subscribe the longer we will be able to keep richard on board as an unpaid guest intern co-host so you know if you like richard please mm -hmm. subscribe and uh, yeah i guess gentlemen we'll we'll talk again next week hey hey Marcel. Yeah, richard. yeah take us hey. home yeah if you could change one thing about the past generation would it be replacing altering improving a certain time magazine cover by having a floating shoeless todd howard holy shit i forgot about that stupid co oh my god that's the generation baby thanks paul we're lucky old school yeah old school we be old school yeah old school